Well, hey, everybody, welcome to the House of Bliss podcast, your favorite show you've never heard of and the Internet's best kept secret. Well, I've got something a little bit different for you today, a little bit exotic, a little bit spicy. And no, it's not ghost peppers, but it does have the fire of God. It is audio from my session with Matt Spinks at the Joy Transformers weekends. Now, if you're wondering what that is, um, my good friend Matt Spinks and I, we did two weekends of ministry together where we focused entirely on what it means to live a transformed life. What does it mean to live a life in the fruit of the Holy Spirit? What does self-control look like? What does supernatural Holy Spirit joy look like? What does it feel like? And not only do we talk about it, But we actually spent time practicing these things, imparting these things, praying for each other, and we saw incredible stuff happen. Not only were people physically healed, but they had breakthrough in their emotions. Some people experienced the power and presence of God for the very first time. And so what I wanted to share with you today was one of my sessions where I I talked about the practice of the presence of God and the necessity of experiencing the Lord's presence in transformation. Now, I wanted to give a little bit of context to this because what you're going to hear is not just a regular sermon where I preach some concepts and ideas from the Bible. I definitely do that. But at the end, you're actually going to hear as I do kind of a live exercise or activation in the presence of God, where I, I tell people to pay attention to what they're experiencing. Um, we we do some things with worshiping, with singing, and just paying attention to what God was doing in the room. Now, I believe that time and distance are not barriers to the Spirit of God working. So as you're listening to this, whether you're working or driving in the car or listening in your bedroom, I want you to have an expectancy that this is actually going to minister to you as well. What if just by listening right through the airwaves, God was able to stir up a whole new depth of experience in his presence for you right where you are? And that's why I want to post this, really, not just to get more sermons out there, but because I believe there's something on this recording, and I believe that you're going to feel it too. Now, the second little bit of context I wanted to give is if you're not really familiar or well-versed in this kind of like charismatic, Holy Ghost, Pentecostal, shake and bake kind of experience... This recording might sound a little strange to you because you're going to hear people laughing, crying, screaming. Um, you'll probably hear the sounds of people shaking. And if that's if that's new to you, I just want to point out that if God is the infinite source of all that is, if the surface of the sun explodes with the energy of a hundred billion atom bombs every second, and that God is coming into contact with human bodies, well, yeah, it tends to cause a bit of a reaction. And so you're going to hear some of the sounds of what it's like when people actually come into contact with the spirit of the living God. But if you do want just a little bit more um, of the theology around that, I did release an episode uh, last December. It was called 
the laughter of God, where I talk all about kind of the theological underpinnings of this idea of people getting what some call holy laughter or, uh, you know, just kind of these explosive, blissful fits of laughter in the Holy Spirit. It's actually not only biblical, but historical. It's happened in modern history, older Christian history. Virtually every revival that's ever happened or move of God, as you, as you might want to call it, has experienced some sort of this form of holy laughter. And so if you're on board with that, you will probably feel the drunken bliss on this episode. But if you're like, I don't know about that, I'd like to hear a little more, well, go ahead and go back and listen to that episode. In fact, I'm going to put a link to it in the description of this episode. So find the details, find the description. I'll put a link there. It'll be called The Laughter of God. But as I said, I am really believing that as you listen to this, God is going to open up something new and exciting in your life. So thanks for listening. This is my session at the Joy Transformers Weekend. What was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have looked at and touched with our hands concerning the word of life. And this life was manifested and we have seen and testify and proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. What we have seen and heard we proclaim to you so you also may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. These things we write so that our joy may be made complete. I love the writings of John because while Paul is really long-winded in a lot of ways, which praise God for Brother Paul, John has these epic three-letter statements all the time, like, God is light. God is love. And so when he sums up his entire ministry, listen, people, again, they will say, where's that in the Bible? But listen, the Bible was written, John says it, all of these things I'm writing so that your joy will be made complete so that you will have fellowship with us and the Father. Literally, the purpose of the Bible is not to block you or give you a list of rules or formulas, but it is actually to propel you into, listen, the reason they got to be apostles is because they were witnesses. They actually touched Jesus. They actually spoke with Jesus. They actually saw Jesus, but he doesn't say, now I'm going to tell you about it because nobody else is going to get to experience that. No, no, no. He says, I'm now writing this so that you in turn can have the exact same experience, so that you can look deep into his wounds and see his love for you, so that you can look into those same eyes of fire that I'm seeing. Everything I'm doing is to give you a foundation and enhance and facilitate that encounter. Now, The reason I say that you absolutely, now I'm not, listen, I have a theology podcast, so I love head knowledge. I love 
study. I love books. I love commentaries. I read stuff that's just so nerdy, whatever. But <laughs> the reason I say that you literally cannot overemphasize the importance of encounters is because encounter is the place and the only way that transformation takes place. I get it. People want to see fruit. They want to see that when Matt Spinks stops, you know, making yoinky yoinky sounds, that he's actually helping the poor, that he's actually a man of integrity, that he's actually a person who cares for his wife and for his children and for his community and walks in compassion, walks in the fruit of the spirit. But listen, Matt didn't become that by trying. He became that because right now he's having an encounter with the one in whom he is one with. <laughs> he's, he's receiving, he's experiencing. <laughs> you can't overemphasize the glory. Bill Johnson said this, the glory, <laughs> just say the glory. The glory. The glory is the single most transformational force in the entire universe. I want to see communities transformed. But scripture is full of these sorts of encounters. The man with a thousand demons, legion, he spent five minutes with Jesus and every single one of those things came out. He was free. Paul, the apostle, formerly the greatest, most maniacal persecutor of the church, One moment in the glory of God, and all of the sudden, he becomes arguably one of the most important apostles in all of history. Wow. There's a real power in the glory. My own story, when I met Jesus for the first time, I was lost, I was confused, my head was full of all kinds of sadness and anger and bitterness and suicidal thoughts and hatred. But one moment where I saw in my spirit as clear as day, the eyes of fire, and I heard those words rippling over the horizon, I love you. It's like my entire being was set free. I felt this warm, liquid love pouring over my being, and every last bit of it vanished. And I believe that God led me to grace because I love the glory so much, and there's really only one group of people out there who are saying you can have as much as you want whenever you want. There's only one group of people that makes it one step easy. Literally, just as Matt said, notice that he is already in you right here and right now. Woo. Let's talk about transformation. It says, now the spirit of the Lord, or where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty says, but we all, with unveiled face, beholding, as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord, the Spirit. Now, notice something with this transformation. It's not changing you from what you are not into what you should be. It is revealing, like a mirror, who you have always been in him. But 
That encounter is real and necessary. You can't self-talk your way into freedom, right? You can't, you can't just have an agreement with a doctrine, I am whole. You must experience the mirror of wholeness. But it is by beholding. And that word beholding means to see. It's a spiritual kind of seeing. It is, it is a re- to behold is to be transformed. So what is this saying? It is only in the place of encounter where you see Jesus that you can be free to be that mirror. And so if it's all about fruit, if it's all about fruit, then in that case, if if transformation, if the epicenter of transformation, the ground zero of transformation, if the one place where transformation truly happens is encounter in the glory, if we're really all about fruit, then we can't really overemphasize encounter, can we? Just to put you at ease, or maybe even myself sometimes, yes, there is a place in encounter where you find yourself filled with a divine energy to perform mighty works. You were born for good works, right? You were born on some level to perform, right? God has given you abilities, but you're not performing for love, you're performing from love. You're not performing for wholeness, you're performing from wholeness. And so if Matt goes this entire year without lifting a finger, but he's in the glory. He's doing everything just fine. Because it's just like Heidi Baker. You guys know the sto- you guys know Heidi Baker? Raise your hand if you've heard of Heidi Baker. Okay, great. Heidi Baker was a miserable failure of a church planner in Africa. Right? She struggled mightily. She squeezed. She pressed. And after like years and years in Africa, she barely held together 30 churches. But then she went to Toronto and she had an encounter in the glory. She saw something in the glory. And all of a sudden, she went back and thousands of churches planted, basically overnight. It's the difference between Heidi working for Jesus and Heidi and Jesus doing beautiful things together, right? There does come a place. But if you're serious, I just want to keep saying it. I feel, like, I feel like the neighborhood needs to know this. If you're really serious about fruit, then you will understand that transformation only comes out of encounter. And so if you're really serious about fruit, then you cannot overemphasize the glory. Woo. <laughs> yes. Thank you out there in the overflow seats. <laughs> Wow. Wow. Just feel it right now. Just feel it. Just feel it. Now, a lot of us hear that, and it's easy to go, that's not my experience. I, I want to experience that, but I haven't, or I don't, or like maybe once in a while at a retreat, but like, in my daily life, it's, I find it difficult to experience that. But I just want to remind you that all of it from start to finish is a gift. 
It is literally all of this that I'm talking about, experiences with God, feeling God, seeing God, tasting God, all of it is actually baked into the cake that is the gospel, right? He didn't just give you a salvation afterlife ticket and then the rest is up to your performance. If you, well, if you want to feel God, you've got to do this, this, this. No, no, no. He actually imparted all of this stuff to you in one shot on the cross. Let's talk about salvation. We all know John 3.16. Raise your hand if you know John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave only son of life. Eternal life, right? That's what it all comes down to. Eternal life. Everything that Jesus did, he was talking about eternal life, eternal life, eternal life. And we have adopted this modern Western folk religion. Give me that old time religion definition of salvation. But it is a watered down, weak, neutral. It is a weak drink. Jesus actually defined eternal life. We accept the definition of eternal life as this, that nothing changes now, but when you die, you'll get to live forever and get all the goodies that he promised on the cross, right? That's fine. That's just not how Jesus defined eternal life, is it? In John 17, 3... When Jesus is giving his, his final, like, powwow with the disciples, he's, like, really, like, John uh, 14 through 17 is some of my favorites because it's, like, all of the highlight reels of everything that Jesus was trying to do just kind of given to you. And he says, he sums it all up. He says, this, this is, is eternal life. Does anybody know it? It's to know the Father. That starts now. Is this real life? Everything Jesus bled for and worked for and pressed in for on your behalf was to lead you to one thing, to know the Father, not to get you in church, not to clean up your behavior, not to make you a good person, not to put you to work, but to deliver you into an encounter. To know the Father. Now, just like John making his statements, God is love. God is light. Right? This is Jesus' heavy statement. There's just a few words in the sentence, but each word, if you take it apart, you just get lost in a whole new realm. But I want to hang on this word no for a minute. In the Greek, it's this word gnosko. Can you say gnosko? And it has, a, it has a Hebrew counterpart, which is yada. <laughs> Actually, I, I love it when I hear people say in tongues, they're going yada, yada, yada. I know what they're talking about. There's, some, there's something deep stirring in their spirit, whether they know it or not. So everything Jesus did, everything Jesus bled for, everything that Jesus came to deliver, all of salvation is defined as knowing God. And knowing God, what does that include? Right? Like, Here's the brochure. Here's everything that you just won. Here's what it all includes. Here's what's in the box, okay? It includes a knowing of all five of your senses. It is not just to know God in your doctrinal thinker, and it's not just to know God in your heart and your experiencer, but the whole package deal, everything that it means to be human baptized in this knowing of God. 
So there are five distinct senses that are carried in the word yada gnosko, or to know. The first is to know God like a detective knows a crime scene. It's a fascination. It's a joy in the details. I was just having a coffee with my good friend, Brian Schiltz, and we were talking about how much we just love it when a musician has just the perfect artwork and every detail is just carefully crafted. I love that stuff. I love it. Well, God loves it too. And man, if you want something to be fascinated by, the mysteries in this book, the mysteries of his heart are endless. And you get to know every last single one of them. But it's going to take you forever. <laughs> the next one is to know God like a mechanic knows a car engine. God has ways. God has ways, like there, there's ways of the kingdom, right? Like we know one of them, sowing and reaping. When you sow with a cheerful, generous heart, all of a sudden something goes out in the spirit and you find yourself at the receiving end of all kinds of blessed goodies. It's not a formula. No, no, no. It's not a formula, but it is one of the ways of God. And you get to know his ways. Woo! There's a lot of glory in there. The other one is a familiarity. Jesus delivered you into a camaraderie and a friendship familiarity with God, right? Now, if I walk to somebody in the grocery store and I said, hey, man, can I borrow 100 bucks? Like, we're friends. You know me. We're good. They would be like, what? No, we don't. I don't know you. You can't. I don't know if you're going to give me this 100 back, right? Ooh, but there's a type of friendship where you have a history together. You have a long life together. And I know that if I give $100 to Matt Spinks, I may not see it again in that form, but I'll get it back a hundredfold in the spirit, right? I know Matt. I trust Matt. Jesus has delivered you, not in a place of suspicion with God, not in a place of trying to figure each other out like, Man, is this cold guy, is he really, is, is he really pure? Is he really whole? Are his motives really good? I better check him. I better just scrutinize him. I better just get in there and like, you know, just pick, nitpick him and check his every little fault and flaw. No, that's not at all the flavor of this kind of knowing. It's a, it is, an, it is a trust. But it's not your trust in God or his trust in you. He's delivered you in the eternal history of God that's been going for all of eternity, the relationship of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You've been grafted into that history with God, all of that trust. Am I right, Matt? Right. Now, this is where, this is where things get exciting, okay? It's all part of the package deal of salvation, right? It's yours. It's a gift. You didn't work it up. Okay. The next is to know something like a firsthand witness notice, notices something, right? When the Apostle John was saying, I saw the word of life, I touched the word of life, I spoke with the word of life, that is a type of knowing that cannot be faked, right? Our culture... We will allow people to teach a college-level course on running a business who's never once opened a business account. <laughs> we'll allow people to teach music theory who know the theory but have never made beautiful music with a violin. But you, 
you get to have the exact same firsthand witness of Jesus. Now, the last one, I won't spend too much time here, but it is like a marital union. Say marital. Right? Adam knew his wife, and she conceived and bore a son. There's, there's a, this love, yeah, it is getting spicy. This love, the type of sweet, gooey, unimaginably amazing love that God wants to share with you. There's only one thing in existence that even comes close to kind of mirroring that reality, and it is Song of Solomon love, right? It is the love between a man and a wife completely abandoned and given to each other, and it is sappy, and it is sweet. It is, oh, my beloved, there is no flaw in you. And in that love, we're talking about fruit again. We're talking about, um, we're talking about transformation again. When a husband knows a wife, something invisible takes place. There's a transfer of love, and then it births something real and tangible. And all of a sudden, you have little tiny children running around who are physical representations of the unseen love shared between you two. That works with God, too. All of a sudden, you're sharing in this place of encounter. You're Matt Spinks rolling on the floor, enjoying the love wine. And all of a sudden, stuff starts to manifest. All of a sudden, you end up with land in Nepal. All of a sudden, the dreams of God's heart, the unseen dreams of, God, of God's heart become manifest and visible in your life, right? Woo! All of this is included in the package of salvation. Now, maybe you have a bent towards a certain thing. Maybe you're like, well, that's awesome. I just love to study, as do I. I'm like a detective. I can't get enough of the Bible, man. I read that thing. I sniff it. I go for it. I love searching out nuggets because God created the mind as he did the spirit, right? If there's truly nothing wrong with your mind, we got to stop making the mind like the punching bag. You know what I mean? No, it is a sponge that enhances your encounters with God. But he also made your feelings. We're so used to stuffing down our feelings. Oh, that's a lesser thing. No, He made those because he wanted them. He made your feelings because he wanted your feelings, right? Wow. He might think, well, that sounds amazing, but I'm just so traumatized or I'm so unhealthy in my mind or I'm so, there's something in the way. There's some reason why, fill in the blank, why I can't experience that. But what you have to understand is again, we're redefining, not redefining, reclaiming the meaning of salvation. And Jesus it consistently uses this word sozo. The man with a thousand demons, when he was delivered, it's this word sozo. When somebody was healed of a disease, it's the word sozo. Healing, deliverance, all of that is included, and sozo is the word salvation. So the whole person, your body, your mind, your spirit, the unseen, everything about you that is seen and unseen has been redeemed, rescued, renewed, and restored as a gift by the blood of Jesus. So to say to me that you're saved is not an agreement that you have proper afterlife insurance. 
To say I am saved means I have been completely and fully renewed into this beautiful marital union with God. And there is nothing holding me back any longer. Will you guys just care about experiences? We do, yeah. Of course. There's only one way to live the Christian life, and that's whacked. There's only one way to truly live the Christian life, and that is experiencing God. However, if you're not experiencing God, I'm not saying you're not saved. I'm not saying you're not a Christian. I'm not saying that you did anything wrong at all. It's probably just a symptom of being handed a watered-down gospel of no fault of your own. So you're off the hook. You did nothing wrong. But now I just want to present to you the rest. <laughs> yeah. Woo, the rest of it. In Ephesians 3.19, Paul says, Paul is Mr. Theology, right? Paul is, if anybody is going to get accolades from scholars, if anybody's going to get mad respect from the most like brainiac theologians you know, it's our brother Paul. And he said, he prayed that you would know, there's that word, know again, that you would know the love of Christ which yes. surpasses knowledge. Oh, one of my favorite scriptures. It's right there in the Bible. In fact, I like that the NLT has the stones to translate it. May you experience the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge. Because even then, they kind of conceal a lot by translating it no, because you're like, oh, yeah, that I would know and understand in my mind all the doctrines of Scripture. I would understand the love of God. No, he's saying this thing is so much wider, so much bigger, so much greater than you could ever know in your knower that there's actually a different type of knowing that has to kick in. It's so wide. He actually prays earlier. He says, may you have the power together with all the saints to comprehend this love. Meaning, you imagine trying to stand up in a hurricane. You're going to get swept away. He's, I, when I hear that, when I see that verse, it leaps off the page to me. And I imagine all these Christians linked up like arm to arm, just like huddling, like bracing themselves for the hurricane of love to blow through. He's like, may you, you actually need, <laughs> you actually need supernatural power to look into this mystery or it will knock you out. Woo. May you have the power together with the saints to understand this thing. Wow. Now, we're going to do something. We're going to do some activations. We're going to do some practicing. We're going to practice the presence of God together. Because my goal for you is not to come to this thing and then go home and sober up. But I, like, maybe you're really good at getting whacked, and I celebrate that. But some of us have a harder time, and that's fine. But I want to just give you guys some tools for practicing the presence of God. Hallelujah. How many of you have ever felt like your body is like in the way somehow, right? Yeah. Because we get taught that only our spirits can have spiritual experiences, <laughs> but our bodies are kind of like these cages that keep us bound. But I just want to remind you of some truth here. Your body, just say my body, your body was designed for God. Your actual physical body is compatible with God, right? It says the fullness of deity dwelled in bodily form. Somehow, 
Think of the size of God. And yet somehow, God found the confines of a human body perfectly compatible and spacious enough. You are not limited in any way by your body. Here's Romans 8.10 in the mirror translation. It says, the revelation of Christ in you declares that your body is as good as dead to sin's demand because sin could not find any expression in a corpse. You co-died together with him and your spirit is alive because of what righteousness reveals. And you go, okay, yeah, see my body, but my spirit. Nobody says our union with Christ further reveals that because the same spirit that awakened Matt, you're interrupting. Our, <laughs> our union with Christ further reveals that because the same spirit that awakened the body of Jesus from the dead inhabits us, we equally participate in his resurrection. Woo. In the same act of authority whereby God raised Jesus from the dead, he co-restores your body to life by the indwelling of his spirit. And I love Francois' little note here. He says, your body need never again be an excuse for an ex inferior expression of the Christ life. Your body is not a barrier. Your body is a very comfortable, spacious temple for his glory. Your body is designed for God. David said, even my flesh cries out. You can be, even you can be an addict. <laughs> Your body can be literally addicted to the presence of God. Raise your hand if you just need a hit of that. Just put your hand on your head. Holy ghost. I thank you for righteous pleasures, just addicting and entrancing and entrapping our bodies. I thank you, Lord. I pray that you just cancel. Even in brains right now, I speak to neural pathways that sources of pleasure that are lesser or harmful, those pathways would be rewired and redirected so that even the brain is addicted to the realities of God. I thank you, Lord, that every rabbit trail of pleasure that doesn't lead to you will be seen for what it is, a dead end. I pray that you ruin us. Guys, I don't claim to be real like smart or a prophet or anything like that. I just have one really good thing going for me, and that is I am a mess unless I'm drunk. <laughs> I mean, I'm a mess when I'm drunk, but I mean, seriously, my life falls apart so fast if I think I can do it without Jesus. And so uh, what can I say? Where else would I go? What else is there to drink? There's only him. There's only life in him. Now, most people can fake it. Most people can put on a business suit and a tie and make it work, you know, but I can't, man. I have, I have no shot in life if it's not for my drunken bliss in Jesus. May he ruin you for everything else. Now, if you've ever had trouble experiencing the presence of God, I just wanted to remind you, your body was created for God. But why is it that sometimes we do experience a bit of trouble in this area. Why does it feel like sometimes we sit down to pray and read and, oh, I feel Jesus. And other times it's like, 
oh, man, nothing. What's going on? And we think, like, did God leave? Did the glory depart? Am I Ichabod? Did he leave his temple? You know, we just get into all these weird mind games, like, maybe I did something. Maybe I sinned too much. Maybe if I would have fasted for a week, this moment would have carried breakthrough. I don't know. We play all kinds of dumb games. But the, the truth is, a lot simpler than that. Um, and here's what I want to say, is that right here, in this very room, right now, you are surrounded by conversations, by TV shows, by text messages, by emails, by phone calls. All of those things right now are actually in this very room. Well, I don't see them. Right, because they're radio waves, right? They're carried in a frequency that your body isn't perceiving. But if you have a device that can translate those things into the hearing spectrum, all of a sudden, oh yeah, you have music. Now, I actually brought this really cool little deal with me. I found this at the Goodwill. I f actually, I found it at the Salvation Army, which is better, because Salvation. Woo. Amen. You guys hear that? You guys hear that lovely sound? What's the problem? Right. Now, how difficult, how difficult was that? Was that a work? Was that me striving? No, it's just understanding that we are that radio. There is a spirit realm around you right now. There is an invisible realm that you can't see with your naked eye, but every part of your being was designed to interact with this. But sometimes we just get a little off, you know? When you go through life and every post on your Facebook is like, this guy is going to ruin the world and this guy is going to ruin the world. And, you know, <laughs> everywhere you go, you're going to get sick and everybody's going to die. And this country's on fire and that country's on fire and North Korea is ro launching rockets again and it's just gonna be a big thing and everything like yeah okay so your dial just gets a little messed up your head just gets kind of full of some stuff but if you just take some time to stop and slow down and notice and tune in all of the sudden you'll realize Ooh, I wasn't missing anything <laughs> I wasn't missing anything at all and so what I'd like to do now is just kind of recalibrate just kind of recenter ourselves on the truth of Christ within. So if you could put your hand on your belly, we're just gonna take a moment. <laughs> Holy Spirit, I thank you for your revealing truth. I thank you for your empowering presence. And right now, in the name of Jesus, no matter what lies we believe in, no matter how off we felt, I just tune everyone in right now whoo, to the frequency of Christ within. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, 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 wow, wow. I speak to every set of spiritual peepers. Be opened, be open. I speak to every feeler, feeling feeler, latent in every person in this room. Come awake, come awake, come awake, come awake. Oh, I just, I hear that loving voice of the bridegroom right now just saying, come awake, wake up. Open your eyes. I'm right here. Ooh. I speak to every set of ears in this room. 
open up, hear his voice. I speak to every dissenting voice that would bring disruption. Just say, <laughs> hear the frequency of heaven. Wow. Now, we're going to, let's get practical. I want you to put your hands in front of you. There's a lot of weird terms we make up in charismatic church. I've used the term a lot, like a feeler. But then as soon as someone doesn't feel God, they go, I guess I'm not a feeler. No, no, no. Your body was literally made for this. You are a feeler. You are a seer. You are a hearer. You are. You are. It's in the blood of Jesus. There's no way it's not true. Now, I'm just going to ask the Lord to, like, bring a manifestation of glory on your hands, okay? And I want you, all I want you to do is just notice what's going on. Maybe some of you will begin to feel heat or tingling. Some of you, you might just the teeniest, teeniest little goosebump. But if you notice that, oh, that's what I'm talking about. That's the channel. Focus on that. Enjoy that one little goosebump. Get into that one little goosebump, and all of a sudden you'll find that you're recalibrated on what's true, on what's real, okay? So, hands out, Holy Spirit, right now. In the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, I ask you to manifest yourself on each person's hands right now, that they would feel the weight of your presence, that they would feel the weight of your presence. Thank you, Lord, for the angels. I just release them right now. You, yeah. Now. Just like the radio, sometimes it takes a little bit of, it takes a moment sometimes to just kind of fiddle around. But if you just keep listening, all of a sudden you'll find it. Holy Spirit, we thank you for the manifestation of glory. If you're getting a lot, fantastic. If you're just experiencing just the tiniest, tiniest little goosebump, just thank God for it. Thankfulness is so powerful. Thankfulness gets your eyes off of what you don't have and reorients you around what you do have. That one little goosebump is one little goosebump more than yesterday, you know? Just thank him for it. Right now, I'm just describing. In fact, here's, I just, I just want to share some testimonies in the room. Who is experiencing a manifestation of glory? Okay. Kim, can you come on up here? Chris, can you come on up here? I don't know how we're doing on time, but I feel the Lord, so I'm just going to keep going. But, all right, I'm going to explain in the best words I know how what I'm feeling, and I, I want you guys to hear and just realize that when we share what God is doing, it actually releases encounters in the atmosphere. So 
right now, my arms, I feel like I've been plugged into an electrical socket. And have you ever like sat on your leg and it's fallen asleep? Like my arms are vibrating right now. Like I can feel like electric current just shooting through them. And my hands are hot. Like not like the room is hot. Like they are red hot right now. So Kim, can you just tell us what you feel? I, I feel, I feel um, weight in my hands. Like somebody's got their hands in mine. Their, their hands in mine. That's Ooh, more. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Oh, thank you, Lord. Ooh. Chris, come on over here. If you try to describe as best you can. It was kind of like you described it, just the vibration, just like, I can't hold still. <laughs> it's just like so much energy sometimes. I was just like. Can I, uh, can I pray for you to experience some more? Would you like some more? Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. Thank you, Lord. All right. Who else would like to share a manifestation of glory for the for the rest of us to enjoy? Anybody? Okay. I've been asking for this for a while, actually, because I feel like uh, manifestations kind of come and go with me, and then I have like times where I just feel like I'm struggling, but. Um, I was sitting here, and the whole time I'm just like, I don't want to be numb, you know, because there's times I've come to meetings like this, and I enjoy every minute of it, but I don't totally feel it or whatever, and I'm just like, what's wrong, you know, but nothing's wrong, and that's what the Lord keeps telling me, nothing's wrong, just wait, wait for it, wait for it, (laughs) and I was just sitting here, and I was, and I was, Close, he has me close my eyes a lot. I was closing my eyes and I kept seeing a storm cloud. Ugh. And I was like, I want to be inside of that storm cloud. And it was just like this attraction, like drawing into it. And then when Cole said that about opening your hands, he's like, you are the storm cloud. <laughs> And uh, I could feel the, the like the rain building up, and when he said put out his hands, all I could see was like it pouring out to others, and pouring out to the hopeless, and pouring out to to mothers that are hurting and things like that. So, yeah. So good. Here's what I'd like to do. First of all, I'm so happy for you because, again, like Matt said, this is the least drunk day you're ever gonna have forever on. Now, if you're if I don't want anyone to feel bad or lesser than. Again, like I said, sometimes we're all just figuring out how to tune in. But if you have had trouble historically with feeling the presence of God, would you come to the front? Because I, I want I actually want Crystal to pray for you and lay hands on you. She doesn't need me to do it. Okay, God is just doing this in the room. Now I want you to take your encounter and just release it over her. Wow. We love your name, Jesus. You're the beautiful one. We love your name. Ha, ha, ha. We love your name, Jesus. You're the beautiful one. We
this precious son. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, just notice, just let's just pause for a moment. Just, We're not used to paying attention. That's half the problem, right? A million moments like this could be going by every day, and we just didn't think to notice it. So what's going on in your body? What's going on in your heart right now? Did you come in heavy, and now you feel light? Um, do you just feel a little euphoric? <laughs> yeah. Now raise your hand if you're experiencing any sort of manifestation of presence. Big or small. Ooh, I just want to see because I just want to get an idea. We can stay here as long as need be, but I, Matt, if it's okay with you, I want to close with one more thought. I think that the mistake that's sometimes made in the grace, glory, sometimes when you talk about this stuff, you talk about the presence, you talk about the glory, you talk about, you know, the spirit. We miss one very important thing, and that is he is a person. He is a lover. He is an enjoyer of you. He will talk with you. He will walk with you. He wants to hear from you. He's not just the force. He's not just like this nameless, faceless, cosmic energy, you know, that holds us all together. No, he is in fact a father. He is in fact a husband. He is in fact a friend. He is in fact a person and he loves you. Jesus said this. This is one of everybody's favorite verses. Jesus said, um, out of your bellies will flow rivers of living water. Rivers, right? But again, it's easy to just think to ourselves, okay, if I just sit here and agree with that and go, rivers of living water in my belly. Rivers, of, that's, that's true. There's nothing wrong with that. But again, there's something very important about what Jesus said. He used the phrase living water. Say living water living water. And he said this. He said, as the scriptures have said, living water. Well, the thing is, there's actually no other verse in the entire Bible that uses the phrase living water except one other place. And it's found on the tattoo of my arm that I have. It's Song of Solomon 4.15. He said, my love, you are a bubbling spring, a fountain of living water. I believe that Jesus was making a reference to the epicenter of romance in the Bible because he didn't want you to think, like some people have said, that he's just a force, that he's just a spirit, that he's just a, 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 you know, a thing. But in fact, he is a lover and he loves. It says honey and milk are under your tongue, right? Whenever you worship him, right, we don't worship God because he's, somehow forgotten how good he is and needs to hear it. No, we worship God because he's actually allowed a place in his infinite self-sufficiency. He's actually allowed a place where we can affect his heart, where we can, 
can bless him. And so what I wanted to close out with was just a sweet, sweet moment of worship. No instruments, nothing, just the, the song in your heart. And I want you to feel the river of love as we sing together. It is not a mystical force. It is a beautiful person who is flowing through you. So let's acknowledge him. Let's enjoy him. So I'm going to start with a song, and then we're just going to sing in the spirit for a bit. It goes like this. We love your name, Jesus. You're the beautiful one. We love your name. We love your name, Jesus. You're the beautiful one. We love your name. We You're the beautiful one we love. Now feel his response. I can feel an intensity in the room. He loves this. Let's just sing it louder. We love your name, Jesus. Ooh, thank you, Lord. For one, we love your name. Now just let a song build up out of your heart. Shana ne ne, ore ne 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 ne. Just begin to let a spontaneous song flow out. Again, we are not dealing with a force. We're dealing with a person. What I'd like to do is just take the next few seconds and just let him have the word. He gets to respond. So let's just stop. Now, if you bust out in tongues, that's fine. I'm just saying I want him to talk for a moment. So here we go. Jesus.
Do you believe what I believe about you? You are beautiful, so precious too. You're irreplaceable and unique, created for this intimacy, and forever we belong together. I say I think you're amazing. Whoa, I say I think you're amazing. Oh, my love for you never changes. I say I think you're amazing. Thank you so much for listening to the House of Bliss podcast. If you'd like to support this ministry, it is super easy to do so. All you've got to do is go down and hit the link in the description, visit our Patreon page, and sign up. Any amount of monthly giving is going to unlock all kinds of extras and behind-the-scenes rewards. Another quick and easy way you can support us is you can just give us a five-star rating on whatever platform you're listening on. Each and every one of those goes a long way. I'm praying that God seals everything you heard today in your heart and that you stay rooted and grounded in His everlasting love. Thanks again. God bless.